It's happy hour, y'all. Happy hour is a part of the family of shows on the podcast, itsneworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do is do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, it's going to be a happy to talk to you because it's happy hour, and this is happy hour at itsneworleans.com. A cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common other than we're all in New Orleans in a bar. Today, it's Wayfair on Ferret Street. Wayfair is a restaurant and bar serving handcrafted food and spirits where they put fine dining into a sandwich and fine booze into a glass. Three-hour happy hour every day from 4 to 7, Wayfair on Ferret Street. We've got three people around the bar today, or the table today. Kristen Shannon is currently the general manager of the Orpheum Theater. We also have A.J. Allegra, who is the artistic director uh, of the New Orleans Project, NOLA Project, that is, right? And... um, I don't have a bio for Micah McKee, but I know Micah McKee fairly well, so I can make one up. Uh, Tell me how I do here, Micah. So Micah is a songwriter and has two regular gigs in New Orleans. One is Thursday night at the Blue Nile. One is Sunday night at the Circle Bar. He's the head front man of uh, a band called Little Maker. What else? You're doing good so far. There's a record out. I don't want to say brand new record, but there's a record record called The Wheel. We'll no, it's not called The Wheel. You no, decided not, not to no. call it The Wheel. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's called yeah. um, The Salty Seas We Used to Know There you instead. go. Yeah, you got it. But yeah. I, even, I even knew the trivia, which was the name that you were going <laughs> to name it, but decided not to. You know me too well is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how is that record selling? Because uh, from what I understand, you had a great show at French Quarter Fest. It's doing great. And you ran out of records. It's doing great. We're doing great. Um, I'm super excited about it. People like it. Um, you know, yeah, it's doing awesome. I'm yeah. happy to be here with you guys, AJ and Kristen. And I believe that it's really fun. It's it's fun every time. Yeah, the free beer usually helps a lot. I like free beer. Yeah. I'm, what are you What are you drinking, AJ? I'm drinking something called Yellow Pills. By <laughs> but who's that by? I do not know, but the, the bartender Oscar gave Blues me guys, the I recommendation. Think, yeah. I think I've had cans of it mm-hmm. at um, Parasols. That's okay. right. It's the Oscar Blues guys, the same guys that make Dale's Pale Dale's Ale. Dale's Pale Ale. Oh, the Dale's. Very good. I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. I'm drinking this Lagunitas IPA, which I love. i got to give, give a shout-out to Lagunitas because they, uh, they actually sponsor the NPR Tiny Desk That's right. shows. Which as, is awesome, which is a great, amazing thing to do. Yeah, as well yeah. as several uh, music entities. They, they, uh, they do the... The van that does the jam in the van. I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah, have yeah. seen the whole th- videos. Yeah. That, so that's an RV that goes all across America. I don't think that they've made it overseas yet, but well, they the owner, all, the owner's a. I'm sorry. No, I, I, well, they go all across America. In in they stop at Bonnaroo and Coachella and festivals and and the Super Bowl and just get bands to come on, usually notable bands yeah. or these bands that are playing these festivals. Well, the just owner's them, a musician at heart, so he's like hmm. he supports he loves music right so his whole thing was like okay i started a brewery okay big deal everyone drinks beer but like <laughs> you know like i want to do something really cool with the money i'm making off this beer and he does music stuff which is really awesome right so they've gotten a sponsorship and now i mean i, I guess the way that their business model works and we can get off the jam in the van thing after this but um they put all this content on youtube and eventually when you have enough content that's getting maybe a hundred thousand views a week now you're starting to make a buck just from YouTube views, I it's think. really amazing. Something like that. Pretty impressive. Uh, but, Kristen, I had a question for you because, or maybe it's more of a uh, point of similarity here, commonality. I know, AJ, you're, you're the uh, artistic director of the NOLA Project, and Kristen, 
You are the leading producer. I'm sorry. You are the general manager of the Orpheum Theater, right? And didn't and the Orpheum leading producer and leading producer, right? Of um, everything. <laughs> didn't didn't the Orpheum just host the Big Easy Awards? We did for and Gambit. I didn't get to go, but I did hear that this is the first time that the music and the theater awards were on the same night. Is that it true? It was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was a great crowd. Did you go to that, AJ? I did. I did. I lost my 16th Son consecutive Big bitch. Easy Award. No. That's, I'm, like, yeah, I'm like a little bit like the Susan Lucci. Well, I, I won two. <laughs> I won two back in 2007 and eight. But mm-hmm. since then, it's been a... It's Wait, been you, a, you've been nominated for a Big Easy Award 16 times? Yes. That's amazing. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. I, I, it really is. I mean... There are 16 different nominations. Like... Or is it for, for the 16 one award? different things? Categories, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. crazy. That's even cooler. I'm mm-hmm. very proud of this fact, uh, but but I have grown accustomed to losing. And <laughs> You're a very multifaceted loser. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah. Really I've impressive. lost in directing, really? writing, uh, <laughs> acting, supporting <laughs> You're acting. You're a renaissance loser. Yeah, losing renaissance jack loser. of all trades. Yeah. Amazing. If I, I had love known that, that <laughs> night, I would have bought you a drink. I feel, I feel yeah. terrible. Well, it was an open bar. So. Yes, it was. That's true. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. <laughs> next time. Next time. Next time. What, what were up? you nominated that you lost for? Oh, this year, uh, Best uh, Supporting Actor in a mm-hmm. Play mm-hmm. and uh, best, best Leading Actor in a Play. Did they do the thing... Like at the Oscars where they'll show you a clip and then everybody claps for you and you get a little nervous. No, I wish. Mm. God, that would be cool. I think that would be sway voters, would have swayed voters in the past. You know, be like, oh, you know, maybe we should give this guy a chance now that we've seen the clip. Yeah. You know? Be- yeah, right. If I'm, it makes you feel better, I have never been nominated for one. Not a single one. Not of the, the big travesty. What about the Offbeat Awards? No. I've That's never crazy. been. Uh, yeah. It's, have you guys it's seen Michael cool. play before? Yes, I have. Yeah. I, no, no, I haven't. I just, I just, maybe you were I'm in the office or something when, whenever I was playing. I think we did, we did <laughs> no, an orphan thing. Right, I didn't go that but night. You weren't, you, oh, you weren't there I, that I'm night. usually there every okay. night yeah. and every day. Okay, but so I you wasn't weren't there, there that for that night. one particular okay. night. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful, though. The Orpheum is amazing. Absolutely. Right it is absolutely incredible. Mm. I, I had the supreme privilege to, I, I do some acting work with the LPO and, um, I do their kids' concerts, and we do a few of those in the Orpheum every year, and they give us the dressing room, like the star dressing room. It's sure. up like five flights of stairs, but it's gorgeous. It's like it a is. small apartment. It is. It didn't used to be. Um, little known fact, I sang in the symphony chorus of New Orleans when I moved here, Ooh. Ooh, and that's nice. we nice. performed in the Orpheum. So long before I had this job, I know what it was like pre-Katrina, and uh, oh. the dressing rooms were not as nice, that's for sure. But we had um, lockers in the basement and the symphony and the symphony chorus. We did Handel's Messiah. and um, It didn't, I mean, it was a beautiful theater at the time. It definitely had a certain look and feel, very old world, mm-hmm. and sounded great. The acoustics are wonderful in the space. It is. Um, but a fresh coat of paint on that place, I tell you, has really brought it back to mm. some splendid looking and stunning you know, environment. The last time that I was there was for Alan Toussaint's funeral. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, you know, I, that, that was a hero of mine, you know, one that when I heard the, the funeral was open to the public, there was no question. I had to at least go and see what was going on, and maybe the line was too long. I didn't know what would happen. But I got in line, and sure enough, uh, one of the guys who was pulling detail on the, on the, the, the line was uh, a, a friend who kind of let me into a back door, and I got a spot uh, and on a little the first tier loge level, I might call it, and uh, great seat to just see some of New Orleans' finest sing their hearts out for their fallen hero. You know, uh, in fact, the first person who performed was uh, 
Oh, shucks. Uh, guitar player. Um, I think he calls himself Reverend or... Mm. Oh, shucks. Mm. The first one? Yeah, oh. I think. I think he was the first guy. Mm. I'm trying to remember the lineup, the oh, run-up shucks. show. Anyway, it, it less than lauded for his vocals. He's a guitar player. He played guitar on all the, all the old sure. Tucson hits. But to see him go up there and still be broken in his delivery of of his, you know, just salutation and, and, you know, Alan, this one's for you, but still kind of cracking voice. And oh, that was, sure. a, that was a tough Boss one. Bags yeah. was amazing mm-hmm. singing and um, did one of my favorite Alan Toussaint songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, an old friend, Breeze Kyle, who came in from Memphis playing the clarinet, oh, acapella. I mean, Man. just... Everyone's renditions were so heartfelt and oh, so yeah. Yeah. so moving, and you know we we actually um, we talk a lot about that experience because it's really the first funeral, you know, to yeah. for me to put on, and it was I difficult. You don't put on it many, was but. it was difficult for everyone, and and Quint Davis, a friend, Reggie Toussaint, a very good friend of mine, mm-hmm. we really all came together and did it for for him and the family and. Mm-hmm. And Alan was so deserving of a tribute like that. Absolutely. So I really wouldn't have settled and for many anything more, less. And many more, you know, yeah. and many more tributes. I hope, you know, the guy was such a, an important... I had this amazing memory of him. I never truly met him, but I had this amazing memory of him where I was... Um, my buddy uh, owned a coffee shop on Magazine Street, and he had a T-Model Ford, 1919 T-Model Ford. Brought it down from Michigan... And I was like, you know, I, he brought it back down. I was like, man, I, you got to give me a ride in this T-Model Ford. And I was on my way to a gig. I was on my way to my circle bar gig. Every mm. Sunday I do this circle bar gig. And and I had my guitar with me. And uh, I was like, you mind if I, you know, put the guitar in the back and go for a ride? Um, and we went for a ride. And uh, before we went for a ride, we were actually parked in front of Alan Toussaint's uh, car. That, 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 I guess, was a Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was just sparkly and shiny. He was coming out of Aiden Gill, <laughs> and uh, and he you know he he had this glow you know he oh, just sure. like he was so debonair yeah, and just glowing. What a gentleman! I have never met someone that was like so shiny you know it's so glowing. And uh, I put my guitar in the back and I and then I do a double take and I realize it's Alan Toussaint, and you know he tips his hat and I tip mine, <laughs> and that's my meeting of Alan Toussaint. It was just the coolest coolest thing that ever happened to me you know yeah. it's like oh my god like you're the coolest guy ever mm. we don't even have to exchange words you know you're that cool he touched people for yeah. sure with yeah. his music and with his just his you know he was very respectful and and very wonderful to people he, mm-hmm. he had a big heart and yeah. um mm-hmm. speaking of tributes you know the that experience really got us to talking about other new orleans legends and how we can take advantage of the time we have them still to mm. pay tribute to them and I don't know if you guys watched James Beard Awards the other night we had a lot of big wins Alon yeah. Shia, very Justin DeVillier yeah. good friends of mine very proud of but Leah Chase I mean what a legend yeah. and what a spectacular woman Absolutely. Um, we are thinking in September we're going to pay tribute to Fats Domino beautiful cool and uh, so you know, why not have someone sit there and appreciate all these other musicians, fellow musicians they've worked with over the years, and do a similar format and have them sing to this person while they're totally. still around. They're hey, still guess around. what? You've inspired me, and I want you to know about it, and uh, and really try and make that a, a continuous thing at the Orpheum. That's I love a, that. That's a beautiful idea, because, you know, I 
there was a thing like that for Willie Nelson recently on a national scale. Mm. And the president was there, and it was in D.C., and, you know... Uh, Kennedy Center Honors. You know, yeah, Kennedy Center Honors. It's one of and, my favorites. And and Willie's sitting there, and then all these people are playing his sons. And, you know, and, and Willie, I mean, God, I mean, they were about to kill this guy. He was just in tears, you know what I mean? But it was just beautiful. He and his wife were sitting there, and he was just like, wow, guys, like, you really like my music this much? This is really cool, mm-hmm. you know? And, like... What a great idea to put on a tribute show for someone who's still around, you know. Well, and there's like, so many songs in the repertoire. I mean, absolutely. You have your album out, but you know, I recently we had Chick Corea. How many albums do you think that man has been Dude, on? On you, you hundreds. Can't, you can't even. You can't count. And it's like he probably can't. He doesn't know. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of thing it is. If you, you know? want to have a fun night, go start googling how many albums certain musicians have made and or look at the number. How many songs? Alan or they've Tucson even just wrote. played on. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty extensive. And, you know, it's not, it's not lost on... It, well, it wasn't... I don't think it was lost on anybody after the performances were had at Alan's uh, uh, service. And then things got somber and back to the funeral setting. And his coffin is being let out. And you can f- hear his family uh, sobbing, you know, oh, downstairs. God. And you remember that this is a choice that they made to make this public, to allow these people who didn't know him personally to be a part of this service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's that takes a lot of heart uh, and a lot of selflessness to do that, to, to not let that moment be a private moment, but rather share it with a new lot of strength. Sure. A lot of, a lot of will. strength, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. That, that was special. Uh, that's certainly the most special thing that I was that I saw as in terms of a performance this yeah. year was uh, was that. And I'm, I, I really, I, I got to think of that guy's name who, played, who sung first. I wish I could remember, um, but... There's I'm gonna I'm gonna so come up with shows. it before the yeah. Before In fact, the, we're just recovering from Jazz Fest shows, which started a little later than I'm used to. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to uh, rest up. I mean, that was yeah. Jazz Fest is always like a hammer to the head, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was great. It was like the Orpheum coming back and having our first big um, post Jazz Fest night of shows. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun. Um, had Galactic. The Roots, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of special guests. The original yeah. meters. Mm. That's cool. Grace Potter, Warren Haynes, Trauma and Shorty all came by to sit in with them. Wow. And um, people were just, I mean, they haven't played together on stage since 2012, I that think. That is absolutely so nuts. That's just, absolutely nuts. And then to, to be at Jazz Fest for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and see... Uh, how are they doing? George How are they Porter doing Jr. Days? come out and play with Flea. Oh my God! Did <laughs> and that happen? Yes, and yeah, it was pretty incredible. It was, what? Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I love. I love the idea that, like, you know, you get all these different musicians collaborating on stage together. Also, like, George Porter, Flea, two nicest guys ever met, ever ever met. And they pick like, each other. Super, they seek each other out. Super nice. Well, sure. Super cool. And they're like, going. You've inspired me. But then back at you, oh, like, yeah. hey, let's do this together because you oh, know yeah. we're from two different generations, totally cool. two different backgrounds, yeah. and um, I, I love those moments at Jazz Fest and at the Orpheum and anything else. You know, when you see a bunch of people get on stage who maybe don't normally perform together, and then they're they're just vibing off each other. Who played at the Orpheum the night that it got rained out? What was that Saturday, the second Saturday? Who was that? That was Galactic. Galactic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that show was insane. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's just leaving the festival thinking to themselves, you know, what they've a, got a whole lot of pent-up energy, you know, yeah, that they yeah, yeah. spend it at, uh, yeah. at the festival itself. Yeah. That was yeah. a shame. Yeah, they, they, that sold out. Um, the weekend before, The Revivalist really mm-hmm. brought a great show. Oh, I mean, they're great, man. Yeah. They really, and they've been getting a lot of traction. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was really good two weekends. We 
We had a great run. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then hey. uh, Lamb of God last night. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and we had so many people commenting. It was the best crowd. Hmm. Really the best crowd. They were so happy to be there. So cooperative. And um, it was it was funny to see like the Orpheum in its grandeur and this kind of beauty and then this and just this heavy metal, metal band, yeah, dude. yeah, just killing it on stage. <laughs> Whoa, it was uh, it was pretty fun. Actually, I really enjoyed it. You know, my my ex- one of my great experiences of the Orpheum was right before Katrina. I think it was two thousand four. Uh, seeing the Mars Volta mm. there, who are really heavy man, like really heavy rock band, and you know, it, it was it just sounded amazing. You know, um, and it's one of those weird things about the Orpheum. It's just the acoustics in that place are incredible. And you mentioned how the pre-Katrina and post-Katrina Orpheum are quite different uh, in terms of, like, you know, you guys really up the game. But what you kept is all of the original flavor, all the original charm, and, of course, all of the original acoustic elements integrity that, that yeah that made the Orpheum it was a very great, careful you know? consideration yeah. for sure and there are a lot of clubs that have been refurbished and i they will remain nameless but they haven't necessarily kept true to their original you know yeah. um status and and it, it was really refreshing you know to step on that stage and and just be like you know oh i think i'm gonna need more vocals in this and Sound guy's like mm, maybe not, and I you start singing you're like oh my god, like well, my microphone's so it's quite on. a thing to incredible. look out there. Now, did you get up to the stage to look out? Oh, we were on the, the stage, yeah. So we, I mean, what a view! It yeah, really is like kind of an incredible for the artist to to look out. It's and incredible see the beauty of the. What's ceiling nice is that it's not a deep house. You know, it's quite different than the singer in that it it doesn't have a immense depth to it, mm-hmm. but it has a great height, and so the sound travels in a circular way much better than at a place like it's the Sanger beautiful. which just goes out and down it's beautiful it's like um, if if you ever you you know use a milk pitcher on a an espresso machine it's like that spinning motion you get out of good good frothed mm. milk you know yeah. it's like that's the kind of thing that happens you know and acoustically it's just beautiful it's really really lovely I am gonna come get coffee from you there you like, go wow yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. talking about froth milk yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. let's, let's take it, it to what I really want to see more of in the Orpheum and you know as I produce content and, mm-hmm. and get these these acts in I want to see some plays what it, what do you think there's 1500 people that can fill a house for a, a play in this town and and What's what would it be? Just give me, you know, like an idea, quick, off the top of your head. Macbeth. Oh, then man. you would be the star, of course. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. I'd, we would get you your it. first Big Easy Award. There we go. Win. <laughs> um, well, no, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that the challenge right now with, with theater in the city is that there is a, uh, a great amount of it going on. However, it is a, it, it's generally a smaller scale thing. It, the, the theater in this town happens at a little bit smaller scale. And so houses like Orpheum and, and Sanger and Joy are, are great to have, but they're also intimidatingly large for a producer to think about filling the entire space mm. of that. And, um, but I do think that there is an opportunity to present theater in those spaces. I think it's just in the matter of uh, the way that I think about, you know, uh, like the Oakland football stadium <laughs> when, they, when they have baseball games and they close off, you know, a the balcony, you know, it, it, 
we can create intimate settings in large uh, scale environments in a unique way. And but the other challenge is also that a lot of these big uh, houses that we have in the city are so used to um, in and out. Mm-hmm. That is that is the you know modus operandi for for music houses. You know, you you come in, you perform, you go out, you take your stuff with you. Theater is so um, it, it has a great amount of permanence to it that often scares producers of oh wait a second now you're building a set on the stage and the set's going to be here for four weeks well <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that doesn't work we have a wedding on Saturday so um, but the Nola project we actually have had a lot of experience in in being a more lightweight company so I do think that we would be a, a great tenant to do to try something in the Orpheum. Because we do shows, like right now we're opening a show in, in the Sculpture Garden at Noma. And that's a perfect example pictures of, that, of a show that, that goes up. And then at the end of the show, every night, it disappears as what if it never is, was what there. What show is that? We have a new adaptation of Don Quixote. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yes. I saw on Facebook a beautiful picture of It's how very it exciting. And it's starring Ian Hoke and Mike Spera, who are you know two personalities that have... In, they're they're hysterical actors, but they, they they travel in a lot of different circles in the city. You know, okay. both of them perform a lot of improv. Any relation to Keith Spare? I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so. But because isn't Keith Spare? Is he, he's from here. He's right? from here. Yeah. No, Mike is Mike is a, a transplant. Oh, okay. Um, but they're both hilarious actors, and they're playing uh, you know Don Quixote and Sancho Panza. And oh my goodness! It's a great setting to have. You know, you don't need a set outside in certain locations, like yeah. in the Noma Sculpture Garden. It's just when is that? When is that opening? It, tonight, but I'm not sure when this airs. Well, but it, it, it runs no from rain. May 4th through the 22nd. Holy cow! 2016. 2016. <laughs> For those listening to archival. <laughs> and are you are you acting in Don Quixote? Or are you? I'm not. I'm just overseeing this production. Gotcha. But there are there are well talented enough actors filling out the cast I they did, don't they don't need my help i did see in your laundry list of productions that you have either worked on or been a part of one of one in particular that was written by you is that what i saw that's right that's it right. is the oregon trail the play <laughs> that's awesome because that's right when i was in let's see computer class in elementary school there were two things that were life you know lessons that i learned which one one was typing and I think the other was how to ford a river. Yeah, and not die of dysentery. And not die of dysentery, right. Exactly. That's amazing. I remember, I remember reading about um, that production, and I, the reaction was the same that I just had, which was just laughter. I was just like, oh, my God, this mm. is amazing. Um, it's a fun show. It's been, you know, we, I wrote it when I was in, I wrote it when I was being sexiled in college. Yeah. I remember what that was like, you know, when your roommate was getting a lot of action and, and you're not, you, you were not allowed, like, you were not allowed in the room. Yeah, so I yeah. would I would sit out in the hallway, you know, to the sounds of, you know, gentle lovemaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was writing the, you know, theatrical adaptation of of the video game yeah. as I was playing it on my computer and and it turned out to be a lot of fun. And so, you know, we produced it in college and then the Nola project produced it again here in 2000 and uh, I think it was 12. And then since then, it's been produced in Las Vegas, and it's been produced at a couple of universities, at Notre Dame University, at That's American great. University. That's pretty cool. Um, and it's, it's going to be published uh, by right. Alligator Pear Press, which is a local publisher, so it's going to be published this year. So That's nice. pretty cool. It'll be a fun read, even if, if you didn't get to see it. Can I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Um, what, would you, what advice would you give someone that wants to get into theater, that, isn't, that wants to be into theater, but just hasn't really 
hasn't really made the leap. Like, what would you? What advice would you give that person? How would you get that person in the theater? Uh, go drink with the actors. Oh, that's nice. That that's seriously advice. is the best. The best piece of advice I can offer. And I guess it's a very New Orleans advice, which is people say all the time. Can I have a coffee with you? And I say, a beer would be better. A beer would be better. Because it is just, anywhere in America, it is, it is just part of the theatrical life. Mm-hmm. Of you do your show, you're riding high, mm-hmm. it's 10, 30, 11 p.m., we're going out for beer. You need a beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the time at which a lot of deals are struck. That's a lot of time, a lot of great ideas are established. And I think that just hanging out with, with theater people is especially in this city because it's a very tight community and I think that can be intimidating for people I think but it it's is. also very yeah. welcoming and yeah. I think that it's people find that it, that's a surprise to them and so I, w- I would just say go out with the actors you know yeah. w- Wits in on Carrollton is a, is a sports bar that, is, you guys that has oddly become this like theatrical hub on mm-hmm. virtually see, every need, night you can go there and, and see, bet yeah, you can I, find yourself in a I production need to, I, need to know, I need to know more about these spots <laughs> yes. you know, like, so I can just crash these theater parties Wits in Lost Love Lounge Ooh, uh, okay. is where a lot of the downtown companies I know go and hang out um, cool it's not really an uptown bar that I can think of but when you say downtown companies who are the downtown companies well, the downtown companies nowadays would be. Uh, <laughs> well, when Nola Project was first formed, we were considered hip in downtown. Now we're now we're the man uh-huh. or the uh, the establishment. But right. da- downtown companies would be like Cripple Creek Theater, um, Goat in the Road. Definitely, it's one of my favorite theater companies. They mm-hmm. do some really innovative work. Mm-hmm. Um, Skin Horse Theater. Skin Horse, yeah. Veronica. Veronica Hunsinger Low and Nat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Evan Spiegelman. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the work that's being done in that St. Claude corridor, and a lot of the times it's it's independently produced. There's a great company, Lux at Umbra, that has been uh, doing some really good shows in the past year. So anything that's really produced in that St. Claude corridor, I would say, is, is pretty pretty hip and pretty fresh and, and pretty small in scale, but, but powerful stuff. Right. This, this is mutually exclusive to the popularity of improv that's happening these days, yeah? These are different things, different entities. Yeah, the, imp- the improv and the comedy world and the theater world are, are, are a bit separate, but mm-hmm. I personally would love to see them be more formed together. I mean, certainly a play like Oregon Trail, yeah. I wrote it to be, des- I designed it to be performed in places like Second City, you know, where I grew up in Chicago, sure. and Second City sure. is a sketch comedy venue that does improv, but they also produce theater that yeah. is kind of a smaller scale type of theater, and so I, I really hope that the people involved with New Movement, and uh, you know, even up here on Ferret, the La Nuitier, I hope that there's continues to be more crossover in terms of the improv and theater world. Mm-hmm. Nice. Kristen, I have a question for you. I was reading more of your bio, and it seems that uh, you, were part, you were partnered with Chef Emeril Lagasse for, uh, as the founding executive d- director of his Emeril Lagasse Foundation, yeah? Yeah. That's no longer a position you hold, no? I was there 11 years. Nice. I left and uh, started on the Orpheum right away. Uh-huh. Did you come here for that, or did you find that when you got here? No, I I lived in New York, and um, about six months in, met my husband at the Village Idiot on 14th Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, had a lot of Virginia connections. I went to William & Mary, and um, he was from here, and we met, and uh, he wanted to come back, and I wanted a change. So I worked in TV, and I got to know uh, the marketing director at the Food Network. So when I moved here... 
I asked her to just help me. Yeah. You know, it was all about connecting with people and networking. And I don't know, when I was out of school, it was a totally different time. But it was like, pay your dues and whoever you know, and then go have lunch with them, go have coffee with them, like just network, network, network. So I eventually found my way into a great situation with Emerald. And, um, had a lot of fun doing that over was the, the years. What was that all about? What was the Lagasse Foundation uh, uh, doing? So I would produce events, so mm-hmm. really a lot of production work, which is what I wanted to move more in, into, and uh, mm-hmm. produce a wine auction called Carnival de Vin and mm. Food and Bourbon and Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. started that. So just combining music and food and chefs and talented people with creative ideas to help fundraise. and. We'd raise a lot of money, and, and Emerald is a very charitable uh, guy who mm-hmm. was really fun, and it was it was a great ride. And I now see. I'm, I'm sorry. now I'm into you know producing more, so doing yeah. a lot more. But um, the owner of the Orpheum Theater also owns Tipitina's and started Tipitina's Foundation. Yeah. So that rewarding piece of having that work for charity and starting up great programs mm-hmm. and funding great programs is now still a part of what I do in my new position for the owners of the Orpheum. Mm-hmm. And uh, that tribute to Fats Domino I talked about is really going to be a benefit concert for Tipitina's Foundation, which great. does great work oh, for awesome. young they people. Really yeah. um, and awesome. it's really all about, I mean, at the end of the day, I have two young boys. It's giving back and it's making sure that we're nurturing a younger, um, up-and-coming generation Absolutely. of talented and creative people Certainly. so they can carry on the torch. Now, one, one thing I was curious about, uh, I've always been curious about this. Uh, so, you know Emerald pretty well. I've always wondered, is he a pool player? Does he play pool? Does he play, does I he have play never, games? I've never seen him play pool. Okay. Um, does he play games? He is likes he, golf. Okay, golf. Okay. He's into fishing now. Hmm. Okay. Um, but pool, I never once saw him play pool. It's funny that you ask, because that's how I met my husband at the Village Idiot. Uh-huh. Playing pool? Yeah. He, Crazy. He told me he was really good. <laughs> and was he true? was terrible. <laughs> ah, there go. And I was like putting money down. I mean, I was ready to hustle some humongous <laughs> bikers. And he's like, I'm the best, baby. Like that New Orleans talk. I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so. This is no. the confidence that attracted you. He wasn't you. good. Yeah. He yeah. Wasn't. Wow. He's good at a lot of other things, though. He is great. Yeah, but sure. not at pool. That's, that's a Well, X. the reason I asked is because I just imagine... Emerald landing an amazing shot and going bam every time, <laughs> like every time, you know. And it, it just it always just like, I was like, oh man, that would be so cool if I was like playing Emerald. Well, he, he Maybe when he sinks a, sinks a, putt. a, a long putt. He, yeah, sure. it sinks a long putt. He's like bam. I think and even like, the short putts. Yeah, he is bam, he's, especially the short putts. The, the gimmies. He's like the easiest the going guy. You know, he didn't he didn't set out for the path he ended up on, and um, he's done great with it. I think he. The BAM really started as a little side thing because oh, yeah. he was trying to wake up his camera guy. He kept falling asleep. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. They were filming back to back because he worked in the <laughs> restaurants. He'd fly up to New York for like a day and then his guys would all be like over and over the same cooking show, you know. And just tired. And they were just falling asleep and he'd just try and joke them like, oh my hey, how can I wake this guy goodness, up? Goodness, that's amazing. That's yeah. the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's so when so I start cool. falling asleep <laughs> like in a little bit for my afternoon wine, you guys <laughs> can yell bam. bam at me. Yeah, bam. Gotcha. That's anyway. really fucking cool. You know, I have to admit something to you guys. Emeralds is one of a long list of very nice restaurants in New Orleans that I've never been to. Mm. I just I feel like I have wow. this deficit of restaurants. Great, there's so many great restaurants in New Orleans. Do right? You, do you have any of his books? 
No. Man, you got to get his books. Recipes, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never eaten at Emeralds. I've drank at Emeralds, but I've, I've eaten at Nola. Yeah, I, I cook excellent. all the time. You I, cook? I love to cook. I cook you all the time. Cook? I, and I, cook. I cook badly, but I but I attempt it. <laughs> People call Are you me from cliche. here? No, I'm from Chicago. Oh, okay. People call well, me cliche, but I, I, cook, I cook Emeralds stuff. I have his books, and I have John Besh. Uh-huh. And amazing books. And great for the home. I mean, I'd say what you will... Emerald's recipe for jambalaya is like the recipe. It is See, amazing. I just don't have time. Like I would love to cook these things. I really would. But you don't have time I to cook. Don't what are, time what are your cook? kids doing? Or are my just husband like... cooks. Oh, okay. We're okay. a we're a we're a very non-traditional lot of us. Okay, that's cool. But no, he's a cool. great chef. He he. I only want to eat his food. Okay, cool. And, so um, he cooks. He cooks for the kids. Yeah, and, you and the just, boys love it. I mean, every once in a while, I try, and then he's usually like, "Well, that was." That okay, honey, but... Well, I really... <laughs> <laughs> but we love to go out to eat. I mean, I would say, like, right now, I've got a few favorite places. And talking about the Ace Hotel earlier, uh-huh. I love that restaurant. Josephine Estelle. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I think those guys, Andrew Michael, oh, combo of their names, are quite talented. Amazing. Amazing dudes and amazing food. The hush puppies are... Um, <gasps> I didn't get a hush puppy oh, last time. They are amongst the best hush puppies. One thing I learned is that not everyone knows what a hush puppy is. Mm-hmm. What is a, a hush puppy? It's, corn it's a quiet dog. Isn't it? <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's a bad oh joke. man, oh man. It's a yeah, fried fried. It's fried corn meal. Corn, like corn yeah, meal. yeah, fried corn meal. Mm-hmm. Um, hush puppies are good. They're oh, really yeah. good, and they serve it with this like Creole mustard okay. sauce. Okay. And it's it's not Creole mustard. It's a sauce, but uh-huh. it's based around the ideas of Creole. And it I'm is for it. It is very good. It nice. is. Cool. What about you guys? Do you got a favorite place to eat? You know what I've been rocking lately is Lebanon Cafe Lebanon Lebanon Cafe Cafe Lebanon. Nice. I think it's called Cafe yeah. Lebanon. So you know, on Carrollton, have you guys been there? Are yes. you kidding? Mediterranean. Yeah. I mean, yes. just I know it's you know tried and true, but I think lately I've been maybe twice in the past month. Better than it ever was. I don't know what they Are did. Are you kidding? Yes. Wow. No, you're I'm not. not you're not. No, no, no this <laughs> not is kidding. real. But you know what we have to do right now, guys? We can get right back to this, but I have to announce some commercials. Cool. And Micah, do you think you could grab your guitar and play some lovely commercial music while I do this? I think I can do that. You know, just something that feels, I don't know, commercial. Commercially. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe like soft not, and unobtrusive. You know, or maybe, maybe ironically, not commercially. Can I beatbox? Sure. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're welcome no, to. Absolutely. Really? It's probably your neck of the woods. Slightly. <laughs> That's nice, Mike. Thank you. Well, today, Happy Hour is brought to you by Basic Swim and Gym, a full range of fashion, swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basic Swim and Gym is on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. Also by Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Go to the Hangover Destroyer website. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, yeah. uh, write happy hour and coupon code and get 30% off hangout, hangover destroyer and seize the dawn did you see our looks of doubt <laughs> I did I did happen to see your looks of doubt I don't know about but that. hey you gotta try it yourself you know give it a shot well ladies and gentlemen that is all of our commercials today it looks like so Micah now you can turn the commercial song into a song of your own if you'd like or you could just play a song of your own probably okay. be a better idea alright sure Michael McKee, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna play a song. This is half step down. Half step Probably down. it okay. is. Yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. 
Um, this song is a song uh, that I'm working out right now, still kind of figuring it out. Um, it's about uh, how I, my dream is to write songs for Taylor Swift. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. She's cute. She's beautiful. Yeah, she is beautiful. And she's a really, she's so talented. Mm. And, um, and, you know, she just really has it all. Um, and uh, Taylor, if you're out there, this Taylor, one's for you. This one's for you, buddy. <laughs> This one's for you. I've played this on the air on several stations a few times, just wanting, mm-hmm. just be like, just, just be tuning in. This is it, dude. You know, this is it. This is the moment. Mm-hmm. I caught a little glory. Floating in the breeze Wanna taste the sunlight Before they bury me I catch a little lightning Whenever I can And all I've got is these broken bottles In my hand It's thicker than water Thinner than blood You know it's bigger Than the both of us It's thicker than water Thinner than blood What are we gonna do When we've had enough You know I must be losing view Cause I must be losing you Cause I'm legless on the battlefield Shot down by the living I'm a soldier with a gun full of honey So I could make my living Writing love songs Some young teenage queen to sing Yes, I drown in all my millions But then I'd still come up to breathe When it's thicker than water Thinner than blood, you know it's bigger than the both of us. Thicker than water, thinner than blood. What are we gonna do when we've had enough? You know I must be losing view. Cause I must be losing you Yes, I'm legless on the battlefield Shot down by the living I'm a soldier with a gun full of honey
Yeah. Very nice. All right. Looks like we have a call on line two. It's uh, a Swift. Taking mm. it now. So, uh, yes. Taylor, Taylor, how you doing? Hey, hey. hey I really hey. like How you doing, Taylor? That was great. That song's for you, I buddy. don't think Taylor sounds like that. <laughs> that for you, buddy. <laughs> I was actually thinking we should, we should enact, like, this scene oh, to your song. That would, that like, would, that would be kind of cool. You know, cool. I, mean, I mean, I was in theater in, in high school and college. You run a theater. You. I mean, I know I'm kind of old for plays now, right? I mean, do you have any... Mom rules for anybody. <laughs> you want to be in theater? You're too old. It's always mom How old are you that's again? Really, that's always. very like that's very not encouraging because a you're not old. No. B, um, like what does that mean for musicians? Well, I, I guess I'm I like, haven't I'm acted like, since really? high school though. That was a long time oh, ago. Okay. Might be a little rusty, but I mean, I could pick it back up. Mm-hmm. I could play Taylor. Is it Swift. like riding a bicycle, AJ? Hey, you I just could need play a Taylor good Swift. imagination. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising. No, how few everyone people else do. needs a good imagination. Oh. If I'm going to try and play Taylor Swift, they need to believe that that is possible. I could totally, I could totally, and don't take this the wrong way. I could totally see you playing a Taylor Swift after all the dust has settled, and after all of you know all the you know the games silly games that she's been playing and she like she gets a little bit older and she's got like confidence and like time under her some belt wisdom. some wisdom you some know seasoned. That, that record is going to be awesome yeah and i could true. totally see yeah. you making that record yeah. or playing the person that made that record yeah. I, I could see that happening she's okay. going to be a carol king yeah one of these days right Carol King, like Tapestry, that kind of record. Yeah. You know? oh, sitting with a cat. Man, that Listen, record is going to be don't awesome. Don't get me started on Carol King. I won't get I you. Let's am, not get started. I mean, back to Kennedy Center Honors. Oh, man. Did that you was all a good see one. the one? See and Aretha Franklin. Un- just freaking believable. I yeah. watch it and just ball crying. That was, oh, the one yeah. she, that was the one where she stood up and dropped the fur. Yeah, she did. It's the inspiration behind the tribute to Fats Domino. I will be completely honest. I'm producing that's it. That's amazing. And that's what that's I got. That's a good my, inspiration to have. That's what I got my inspiration from. That's amazing. I want musical moments like that. Yeah. And I'm sure. I mean, they happen in plays. They happen mm. in just what work creative people are willing to share with us. Speaking of actors and plays, you know, and, and now thinking about, well, you know, there's five tool prospects in sports. Uh, it, when you're a, an actor, if you can't sing. Is that pretty bad or, you know, just you need to... Can you sing? Sing a song. Um, yeah, I can, I can. I can carry a tune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I... Where do you take it? Where do if I... you t- carry it. <laughs> all the way, that way to the, 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 the bank, buddy. Can we, can, can we post in some cymbal hits, please? Um, <laughs> no, I think that... Um, well, I think, you know, I think that being musical in some way... Is always going to help actors. Right. I, te- I teach theater as well, and I always tell the kids, say, it doesn't matter if you sing, mm-hmm. learn an instrument though. Yeah, mm-hmm. really yeah. learn yeah, an nice. instrument. You know, I, yeah. I play the violin, and I I, I play enough. Uh, I didn't know that That's tiny wonderful. violin, the, uh, uh, or the real size or the, the tiny, the regular the one. So, okay. <laughs> Although I play the tiny one for people I feel sorry for, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I think that that's, that's a key. There's so much theater nowadays that, uh, you know, right off the bat. And it's, it's really an economical thing because producers are going to try and save money by saying, well, why don't we get the actor that can play and company himself mm-hmm. or yeah. herself? So, um, 
Yeah, that's what I would say. You don't have to. You don't have to sing. But I do think you you should be musical. Yeah, you gotta should be musical something. in some yeah, way. Gotta dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know I love theater. Um, partially though, because I the kind of theater that I like, and I'm I'm kind of a lay person in terms of theater, but I do really love Shakespeare, mm. and I really enjoy it's what, my expertise. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, so I, what I really love is all of the new renditions of Shakespeare that have been coming out and, and been hitting the stage. I think Skin Horse did it. I think Skin Horse did it at Macbeth. They did. And I, I missed it. Uh, I was out of town and um, that's sad because Macbeth is I think my favorite of the Shakespeare uh, plays. Um, what is your favorite? Is the question that I was going to ask. Man. Um, I... That's a let's, hard let's one. Do, let's do tragedy. Well, let me stir That's this pot. I'm, I'm off the bios. I'm not, I like the free flow of conversation instead of bios, but I will mention this. Uh, it's under AJ's bio that I did not read. He holds a BFA from New York University Tisch School of Arts and a Shakespeare cert- certification from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. Okay, so Whoa. I didn't do my homework. I'm so, sorry. Hey, you know, the, rod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's qualified. What do you got to say? Well, yeah. so I want to know, though, if, if you are so Shakespearean... Do you do you choose? Go off. That's you, not necessarily a good thing. Go forth, lady. I want to know. I, I'm interested to hear your answer because do you choose? They're like the the mainstream, the one that everyone would go for, like the you know the Macbeth, the the Romeo Juliet. Or are you going to go totally obscure because you you mm. you know? I mean, like, is this something where is something. there Shakespeare that we need to be taught right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that as a producer, we. Try it. I, I try and find Shakespeare that is um, that's palatable to the to the human ear. Um, you know, that comes he, around to my question, buddy. He, he wrote he wrote thirty eight plays, and those and those came you know at different points of his life, and and he became a much better playwright as he wrote, and and you can see the confidence growing in his writing from his early plays like Comedy of Errors or Titus Andronicus it, to, to, his, to his later plays like uh, The Winter's Tale and The Tempest. I just directed a production of The Winter's Tale and it's one of the densest plays but, but also one of the most uh, textually rich plays. And so I think The Winter's Tale I would definitely list up there in my top three. I also have a real fondness for Richard II. Oh, that's a good because one. Because I, I love the idea of a, of a man that absolutely believes in divine right, and then it's taken away from him, and he is completely rudderless and does not know what absolutely. to do with himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw a great production of it with Kevin Spacey, directed by Trevor Nunn, when I was uh, studying at RADA at the, at the old, old Vic Theater in London. Um, but I think that I think that Shakespeare's language is it's all about and a good a good director has to understand how to cut. No one I guarantee you no one here has ever seen a production of Shakespeare unedited. Mm-hmm. And um and and that's one of the things I, I find problematic with the way that we force kids to read it in schools. Uh, is um I, sure. I really think that a teacher needs to uh go go through it and edit it um because so many kids and I you know so many people develop a frustration and a, a natural aversion to Shakespeare mm. because they feel like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't sure. get it. It makes me feel dumb. And, and really good Shakespeare should make you feel quite the opposite. It should right. make you feel smart. Right. Um, and yeah. make you feel like... Enriched. Enriched and, yeah. and, 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 and poetic and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So yeah. 
you have to cut it in such a way that you keep the poetry, but you really lose the you know truly truly antiquated stuff. Right. Because there's a lot of it. Sure. And it, it you know some of it needs to needs to go. You know what else is funny? The phrase "edit it" sounds like it needs an edit. <laughs> edit it. Edited. <laughs> Too much edited, you know? Edited. 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 Yeah. You know, I really, um, I think that's part of the reason that Shakespeare works so well in film. Yeah. Uh, is because you you have the room for editing in film. And uh, some of my favorite interpretations of Shakespeare, I mean, Orson Welles, you know, Othello, mm-hmm. uh, just yeah. absolutely so crazy, so weird, and so ridiculous, but so Othello. Yeah, did you see the, because your favorite... Is Macbeth. Macbeth? Did you yeah, see the Michael Fassbender of course, one? Of course, right, and that and that that's already one of his shortest plays. And that yeah. movie was ninety minutes, and so much of that movie was silent. So I'm thinking as I'm watching it, I was like, "This is we're probably getting maybe thirty three percent of the text." Well, do you know the, the Laurence Olivier? The Laurence Olivier Macbeth. Is it Laurence Olivier Macbeth, or is it no? It's Orson Welles, right? Orson, Orson Welles, Welles is a famous production of Julius Caesar. He does Julius Caesar. He does Othello, and I think he does Macbeth, which. I don't believe was well-received, but I feel like all of a lot of Shakespearean interpretations I've seen on film are just, they're so fun because they bring you into it, and like you said, it should make you feel smart. It should make you feel really good. Yeah. It should make you feel like, oh, this is like a really cool thing, and they have the, the, the opportunity for editing and for someone to step in and just be like, okay, well, we're going to cut to this. You know, and then you kind of get the context. Reading theater and reading plays, like that's well, that's reading theater is is I think the job of a producer or a director mm. or a playwright. It, it's really a, it's really a garbage mm-hmm. uh, tool for education, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm very passionate about. It. I've taught for mm-hmm. eight years, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. you know forcing kids to sit and read plays as if their books is not the way mm-hmm. to but, teach theater, or, and, and certainly is not doing anything for theater appreciation. Mm-hmm. But got to be something in between, right? Because you can't ask uh, kids to see a play every time. Because you do, you do kind of want to pause and rewind. And so, what's the? Could you bring in a couple of of thespians to come into the classroom and kind of act out a scene and say, "All right, cut, wait, wait, let's wait right there. What, what was that line, kids? Did you get something from that? You know." Well, that, I think I think I think you, you you I don't know that you need to bring some, someone in. You get the kids up, mm-hmm. get the kids on their feet, and oh, nice, yeah. Have, them, have them direct one another. Sure. I, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but mm-hmm. it's going My to be. My son will direct. He loves to be in charge. <laughs> He's the boss. Mm-hmm. He's always you, the coach. Did you or just the nominate your son for this hypothetical situation? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Amazing. I, he would totally do this. He he doesn't want to play baseball. He wants to coach. Cool. He doesn't yeah. want to be in a play. He wants to direct. He's huh? like the Mister. You know, I guess he kind of takes after me a little bit. Wow, the maestro. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know, but yeah, you're right, kids. It, it, if they are, you know, forced into a situation where they have to get up and do it themselves, mm-hmm. it's the best learning experience they can have. Sure. So I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mix get it him, up. Get them to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, take a scene and have them rewrite it. You know, say put it in your own words. Oh, yeah. At what age can kids understand? more or less the poetic quality of Shakespeare. Two weeks. Reading age. I think they need to be able to read it themselves. I don't know. Mine. Well, they definitely, yeah, they definitely need to be the reading age. You know, my good friend Alex Ates, he teaches um, at Luster Elementary School. and He teaches first graders, and they do Shakespeare. Cool. Wow, that's um, awesome. But it, it's, it's just about, it's about finding... 
you know, the, the palatable stuff mm-hmm. and then ha- having the kids put it into their own words and get it on its feet and okay. have, have fun with it. You know, yeah. the, the stories are wonderfully universal and, and very fun and, you know, involve cross-dressing and mistaken identities sure. and all, all those things that we see in stories today. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's slightly more stylized language. That's what we go to bed at night talking about. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was born in 1984. So, um, you know, Hamlet, when I was a, like a 10 year old kid, mm-hmm. Hamlet like reverberated with me because that was like, you know, there was a story about revenge, about a fallen patriarch. And I, I knew Star Wars and the Lion King, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and these things, and that was really um, like impactful. It was like, oh, this is like a really cool story. This is yeah, a really he's awesome an incredibly story. moody character. He's really moody, you know. Like well, I'm almost like this like preteen. And I'm like I'm I'm I got pent up aggression towards my dad, and you know, and absolutely, yeah, and yeah. Is that it, everybody? Closing thoughts. We got to get out of I here have pretty one. soon. Yeah. Just really quick. Um, we talked about a lot, but film came up you know you talked about like seeing films about plays the Orpheum is able to show film it was a it was a movie house starting in the 40s that's awesome so when we brought it back we put in a 4k DCP projector and we can show major motion pictures and we're going to unveil a summer film series because where else do you want to go in the middle of the heat of summer, which Micah I know is your favorite. Keep talking, um, keep talking, and sit <laughs> and enjoy a wonderful film. So I am going to allow each of you to tell me a film that you'd like to see. Nice. Oh my and god! I am going to make it happen. So here's a little a little challenge, maybe because um, it's kind of hard to think of one film. I, you know, the one that immediately comes to mind right now is uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manhattan. Oh, so good. You so know, good. Be- because 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 the Orpheum is also the orchestral home of the LPO, and, and there's nothing Gershwin. like a film it's that's Gershwin. entirely f- scored with Gershwin. Oh yeah, I that's think so good awesome. One. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. That is really good. That's called collaboration. Did, did you did you get both of those? Because I'm got a big noted, fan of both of those. Noted, but that's, you get to have. Oh, do one I have too. one too? Yeah. I didn't think you were going to give me one. Yeah. <laughs> See? It's hard. I'll tell we you can... after we read these credits. How about that? Cue the music quick while I keep thinking. Mm, I wish it was on the tip of my tongue, Kristen, but it's just not. Let me come back to you on that. Well, that was Happy Hour, everybody. The producer of Happy Hour is Graham DePonte, associate producer and technical director Chris Kehoe, musical direction Christian Unruh. Theme music was written and is being played currently by Mitch Foreman, although it was recorded, so not playing it live. If you'd like to be on the show, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. Check out our other happy hour and other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Live at Commander's Palace, True to the Game with Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss, The Man Who Ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and Milo Music Parlor with Kim Vu, and the podcast about death, Death the Podcast, with psychologist Dr. Arian Alfent. You can wow. also find... I'm going to be on that. I love that. I love <laughs> that's, that. Yeah. that's a new one, I think. I don't, I don't think I've seen that one yet. Uh, you can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. Ooh, other options, y'all. Keep up with us, us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media on all of itsneworleans.com. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and our Facebook page. The photos are taken today by Allison Moon. Thanks, Allison. 
If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or another podcast apps, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment and rate and review us. Make sure it's like five out of five stars or something, and that'll help people find us. Recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich and fine booze into a glass. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Andrew Duhon. This says I'm Grant Morris, but Grant Morris is out today. <laughs> I am Andrew Duhon. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys here. Um, and, you know, there was this short film that I saw as a kid that I can't get out of my head now that we're talking about films. And I can't remember what it was called. Oh, just like the guy who's the guitar player yeah, from the yeah. funeral. I'm just... I'm Next radio today. show, we're not going to be here, but you Next are going time. to <laughs> tell everyone. It'll be it'll be a, a chemical flashback, and I'll have both of those answers for you. Thanks, y'all.